All right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Saturday, November 6th, just shortly after the Manchester Derby, which we were on Twitch, on the Country Guy Sports Twitch channel, streaming live with a special guest, Maddie B. Shout out to Maddie B for showing up early enough this morning to uh, to stream with us. And if you're listening, congratulations. Um, well, we'll get into the Derby in a few. Uh, but first off, Episode 59 of the Yellow Card Podcast starts right now. Yellow Card Podcast presented to you by Couch Guy Sports and sponsored by Shocked Energy. If you ever feel out of focus, low on energy, or just need an energy boost, head over to shockedenergy.com. Use the code CGS10. Pick your favorite, pick your favorite flavor, whether it's green apple or the watermelon flavor box. Both of them boxes are delicious. Highly recommend them both. Uh, save 10% on us and tell you what, absolutely no jitters after having it, no crash, no burn, no nothing like that. Just a delicious, healthy energy drink with a very low dose of caffeine to avoid the jitters from happening and to avoid further reactions that can happen when you have other, other, um, energy drinks. So episode 59 We'll get into, a, we'll get into a, a, a few things here. We'll start off with some uh, new appointments that happened this week as Barcelona and Newcastle, both appointing new managers. Uh, Chris, good morning to you, sir. Welcome to episode 59. How are you doing today, sir? Here. Some shock, some shock energy. Uh, yeah. Getting me going, but we're here. We're live. We're back. We, we definitely are. Uh, so last week, we finally heard what we wanted to hear for a long time, which was Ronald Coleman out. Uh, this week, as of yesterday morning, Xavi, the new appointed, signed, and confirmed manager for Barcelona. Xavi was a club legend uh, for a while, midfield creative mind, along with great minds like Iniesta, Ronald, uh, Ronaldinho and uh, and Messi in his time. So obviously somebody who has a lot of experience being in the club, can breathe and uh, live that culture. What are your thoughts behind the new appointment on, on Xavi? I think just seeing Xavi's success uh, as, a, as a manager already was big for Barcelona. And I think that they're doing themselves a favor. They're not digging themselves too deep into a financial hole. They're uh, running with what they have. They have guys that have taken certain pay cuts to be able to afford certain players. And I think that we will start to see great development from guys like Memphis Depay even better uh, in his form as Xavi is the new manager for Barcelona. I think sky's the limit for them. Um, I was worried about them moving on in the Champions League, but I think now, uh, especially because their next two matches in the Champions League are against Bayern and Benfica. I think those are big, big matches. And with Bayern already locked in, they're not going to give Barcelona their A game. I think Xavi has a good uh, mind for the game. And I, I can't wait to see what this formation looks like with Xavi as their new manager. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think that I think there's a, a world of opportunities here now open for Barcelona. Um, number one, doesn't hurt, doesn't help at all that the, um, as we learned earlier this week, the one of the main factors as to why Lionel Messi left wasn't so much money-oriented. He was willing to rework his contract 
it was more around the culture that was built between Komen and Laporta as management lines of Barcelona. So commentary said by Laporta finally, you know, drew the final line for Lionel Messi to the point where he was like, we're out, done, done here. We're going to explore new horizons. But he's open to the opportunity of coming back. And the reason he's open to the opportunity of coming back is because of experienced players like Xavi who have been in the club and have breath that culture. So Xavi opens a new world of opportunities here for, for uh, Barcelona. Uh, I definitely agree with you. I think that their attack is about to improve big time. This is somebody who has a very good mind for the midfield and it's very, very, very driven in opening new form of attacks. Uh, we saw that with his uh, Qatar club that he's been managing for quite a while. Uh, he did really well with them. So we look forward to seeing that in Barcelona. I think in addition to that, uh, I think I slightly disagree with you on the Champions League. I think Bayern, regardless of them having it locked in, I think they're they're a team that is locked on discipline and locked on their goals, and they're not they're not willing to to take a take a step back and diminish that performance. So I think we will see Bayern's A game coming back against Barcelona. However, I think the greatest opportunity for Barcelona, though, is Benfica. And that is where Xavi can strike and create his new plans for his new form of attack that we will see. I think we will see Barcelona potentially rocking a 3-5-2 formation from now on, potentially Mm -hmm. a 4-3-3 formation, which fits the kind of formation that you should be seeing out of this club with the lineup that you have. Um, In addition to that, I would not be surprised to see some very effective financially driven moves happening in January for Barcelona. That could include a potential loan, like somebody like Jesse Lingard and Donny van de Beek with United. That could include some uh, moves out of Ajax as well. Uh, could include a loan out of out of Dortmund, as Drew Bellingham has not been fully utilized with, uh, with Dortmund. So Drew Bellingham could potentially be moving to Barcelona on a loan deal. Uh, there, there's a lot of opportunities here for Barcelona that could... Uh, that could reshape that club and give Memphis Depay more weapons to work with and become the the new face of Barcelona. So exciting times ahead for Barcelona. Just, you know, the the one thing I got to say for Barcelona fans here is the focus has got to be 100% now because now it's a full rebuild opportunity and now is the time to strike while the iron is hot. Uh, Moving on from Barcelona, I don't know if you have any additional comments that you'd like to make. I was actually going to transition our way into the next appointment that we're going to talk about is yes, uh, Newcastle United, which are very, very, very um, involved in acquiring uh, Ter Stegen. Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, yep, that's right. From Barcelona. So so Newcastle United recently appointed Eddie Howe as their new manager on a contract up until 2023 with chances to extend that contract, which – in, in concept, it's a reasonable, financially driven uh, contract. However, for a club that's looking to rebuild after so many years of having to go through that, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about this Eddie Howe appointment. Uh, let's get started with you, Jones. Let's, let, let's get your thoughts first out of the, out of the way on this. Um, what, you know, Newcastle United, new ownership, new management coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, we're going to be seeing a lot of new moves being made with that club. 
what do you what are what are your expectations and thoughts here heading into Newcastle for 2021-2022? Well, I think with the first season, we're gonna see Eddie Howe, um, kind of like how he was with uh, AFC Bournemouth. I think they're gonna come in, they're gonna they're gonna create a little bit of chaos, they're gonna be good, middle of the pack, and management's gonna uh, re-up his contract, and then it's just gonna go downhill from there. I don't like Eddie Howe as the long term, but if he's more of a caretaker for them until they can uh, figure out what they want this roster to look like and what the ownership and uh, new partner wants to do with this team, I think Eddie Howe is a, a good fit, not a great fit. Yeah, I would I would certainly agree with that. Um, I think there's there's a couple of things here when it comes to Newcastle. Number one is understanding their their goals at large because. Um, while appointing Eddie Howe might be a short-term solution, which I agree with, I worry about the financial moves that they're looking to make ahead of the January transfer window and some of the names already targeted uh, because nothing is really all that promising at the, at the moment for Newcastle. They currently stand in the Premier League at the 19th place, which for Eddie Howe, this means you need to immediately turn this – culture around you need to immediately emphasize the winning strategy here and have it implemented at all times your schedule does not get any easier as you face off a surprisingly good brighton club um to to start right off the gate a brentford uh football club that has not slowed down at all has been the absolute pest this year for all top six teams in the in the premier league Arsenal, who have improved big time. You get a break with Norwich, but then again, you face off Burnley, Leicester, Liverpool, Manchester City, and Manchester United towards the end of the year. Uh, there's not a lot of room for victories here, especially with this kind of club that he has right now. Signing people like Mark on the Stegen with the thought of potentially relegating, I'm not entirely sure that those financial moves are wise to be made at this point. And it would be a piss poor investment out of the Saudi ownership at this point to invest in something that has no future in it right now. Um, that's what I'm saying. Eddie Howe, sure, it's a short-term solution. But out of the names that were rumored to be the long-term solution for this club, I got to uh-huh. say, this is this is an utterly disappointing um uh, assignment to be made here because you had a future with Zinedine Zidane who could have been a great manager for this club. Mm-hmm. That is a guy that could really take this club, give it that nuance of experience, winning mindset, championship mindsets, <coughs> and turn the culture around there. There was also Paulo Fonseca, which same exact mindset. Um, heck, even Laurent, Laurent Blanc was on the, on the running for, for the position. Laurent Blanc is the reason why PSG is PSG this day and age. Mm-hmm. So, frankly, I, I don't know how I feel about anyhow. I I wish him luck, obviously. It's a, it's a new undertaking to take, but um, some of these names that are being targeted for a January transfer window by Newcastle yeah. is just not wise at all. Not well, wise. Let, let, let's touch upon a couple of them. So Dominic Calvert Lewin's one. Yep. Uh, Eden Hazard is one. Deli Ali is another one. 
uh, Kareem Adimi from uh, Leipzig, which is an up-and-coming talent that I think will be very good. Uh, Ter Stegen we talked about, Ismail Saar from Watford, yeah. uh, Connor Corey from Wolves, uh, Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham, Timo Werner, uh, Clement Linglet, um, guys like Jesse Lingard, Anthony Marshall, Donnie Vandebeek, um, Philippe Coutinho. Like, there's so many names that have been reported that Newcastle's already looking at. And it's like, like you said, you, you have four points in the Premier League so far, You're sitting in 19th place, six points out of the relegation spot. Why don't you focus on doing what you need to do to get out of the relegation spot? rather than spend all this money because no, none of those players are going to come to play for you. If you're playing in uh, the championship yeah. next year, I think the wiser move for January right now would be loan deals. So definitely mm-hmm. a loan, like getting somebody like Jesse Lingard on your team that can help create uh, midfield attacking ways for somebody like uh, say Maximan and Cal Wilson to, to take advantage of, of that, of that creative mindship. Uh, somebody like, um, you know, you mentioned just, you mentioned Philip Coutinho. Like Philip Coutinho mm-hmm. would be a great fit for them there. I think if they had like a a midfield consistent of Jesse Lingard and Philip Coutinho, it could look like the minor the minor addition of what is currently in Manchester City, which is Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, and and Rodri. Like it would be mm-hmm. a really really good fit for that club. But I just don't think that signing long term contracts. Like you're looking to offer to people like Ter Stegen and all these other names that you just mentioned, it's just not ideal. Not no, ideal no. at all. I'm, I think ideally they should look at Terskowski from Burnley, defender, because mm-hmm. they need help in their defense. Um, and then realistically, if you want to stay with a striker that's done well in the Premier League so far in his career, why not call Arsenal for Alexander Lacazette? They haven't used him really. Yeah. Um, Aubameyang is now their, their striker in that formation. Lacazette doesn't play as often. Why not ask, ask Arsenal for him? Yep. I agree with that. And heck, I would even, I would even look towards, um, towards the German league because, uh, Werner Bremen does have a really good forward that they have not been utilizing a lot. Mm-hmm. And that is, I'm going to give you a second here. While you're waiting on, on that, another name that would probably be beneficial because this team also needs a goalkeeper. If you can't get Ter Stegen, why not take a loan deal on Dean Henderson? Yeah, absolutely. If, United, if United's going to keep playing De Gea, why not call and say, hey, do you mind if we take Dean Henderson for the rest of the season? You're going to have him back after this year. And hopefully we, we can uh, finagle our way into a, a solid goaltender. Absolutely. I mean, what if Bremen right now is in the – uh, second tier of the Bundesliga because they were relegated last year. Uh, however, one of their up-and-coming talents, uh, which is Nicholas uh, Schmidt, who's a midfielder. Mm-hmm. So allow me to correct myself there. 23 years old, not really being all that utilized. And somebody who's highly competitive, very fast and creative. If you're looking to do a financial move to lock a contract with potential new talent, those are names that you should be looking at so that it's low cost, low risk, and not much promised for them. You know, even if you relegate, you still have an opportunity to keep them at your club rather than somebody that they're staying in and somebody else like, you know, like Coutinho, Hazard, Marshall, that are going to want to compete in 
top brass football. Um, so for Newcastle, there's a lot to happen now, but hey, listen, at least they got a new appointment underway, uh, you know, faster than we thought. I thought for sure that, that the new appointment wouldn't be done until December. So mm-hmm. um, congratulations to Newcastle and their new manager. Moving on, um, the Manchester Derby took place today, Saturday, November 6th, earlier in the morning at about 8.30 Eastern time, um, our time for English people. It was at premier time, you know, one, one o'clock. So um, Twitter right now is exploded with a lot of thoughts. Um, I'm going to let you go first because you, you have a partial mindset here since it's neither one of your clubs anyway. So you're, so you're giving an outsider's take uh, yep. before I dive in into mine because I have a lot in mind to unload. So Diego's going to give you a nice five to 10 spiel on this Manchester United team and stuff like that. So I don't think the formation today for United was, was terrible. I like the idea behind it. Obviously, you know, the own goal within the first 10 minutes is going to derail you a little bit. And they didn't look terrible, but I only has to switch some things up if he's going to stay. And, and quite frankly, um, with the Manchester faithful chanting what they were chanting at him, I, don't, I do not think that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be this team's manager after the international break. So, <laughs> I mean, just looking at it in, in retrospect, Started Ronaldo six times in a three-week span, like his like for anybody, let alone Ronaldo. It's that's a that's a lot to do, especially when you're playing 90, 90 plus minutes every single time. It's going to put some wear and tear on on you. And he looked a little bit exhausted today. I I, I won't lie to you. He definitely could use a day. The international break could definitely help him, and he could be rejuvenated when they come back. But other than that, I'm looking at this team, and right now sitting at fifth. This team should be a top four team. Um, they just need uh, consistency within their lineups and their structures. They need uh, a manager who can find a formation that works for this team to get guys like Marcus Rashford and Jane Sancho consistently into the lineup. The fact that Marcus Rashford's been playing on the bench as of late, uh, not a good look for him, especially because Rashford was his guy last year and Rashford came up big in big situations. Um and just the midfield. I mean, we, we say this every year. They need a solid center defensive mid. Um, my worry for you is they're going to to spend heavily on that position come the January transfer window, whether it's trying to get a guy like Calvin Phillips or trying to get somebody, somebody like maybe even a Jude Bellingham. Like there, there are names that they need to load off some pieces to bring in pieces, but at the same time, we can't be spending uh, as much money as – um, some of these guys are worth currently if you're a Manchester United. For City, I mean, you got the job done. You didn't really have to do much to, you know, an own goal help, helps you out in the first 10 minutes. Um, and then you just kind of play your game. You just passing, passing a crisp, or crisps, uh, just keeping, uh, keeping everything in front of you, not letting, um, not letting United get much chances. The derby, the derby was kind of boring in the sense. Uh, De Gea's that second goal for David De Gea was not a, not a good one at all. Um, but I mean, moving forward after the international break, this team really is going to need to kick it into high gear, especially with the form that Liverpool has, the form that Chelsea has, even the form that West Ham United has right now. 
or even Arsenal. Manchester United slowly could be working their way out of the top six if they don't figure it out soon enough. And to figure it out, I think Ole out. We've been saying it for weeks. I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. Literally 10 games in the Premier League. I think Ole's out, works his way out. And I think this uh, kind of self-explanatory after today's performance. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, kind of was just thinking on my ways of giving my retort to this. And uh, one, w- one other take, yeah, because I'm, I mentioned getting guys like Jane Sancho and Marcus Rashford into lineup as well. The, the reaction that Donnie Van de Beek got when he was warming up today, how do you not play him in your midfield? Yeah. I understand that, you know, Fred. For for Ole as as like his guy, but you gotta give Donnie Vandebeek some time, man. You gotta let him play longer than ten minutes, and that's that's always been Ole's struggle. Is he hasn't been able to, these guys that they've brought in, like guys like Alex Tellis, even hasn't been able to get him in. I I, I agree with that. Um, I was just thinking of ways that I can address this, and um, I came across a phenomenal tweet put out by one of our friend podcast from overseas which is the we are four man one toffee uh podcast highly recommend listening to them uh they are on twitter at we are four m one t and it's simple it's literally exactly what i was what i was thinking in regards of culture towards the magic because there's there's a lot of issues going on with this manchester united club and i really do think that at this point it's more of a psychological rock bottom hit more than a culturistic uh, overall rock bottom, like we saw when we when we hit it when Mourinho left. So the tweet goes: There's two banks of people: those who want Ali to stay and believe should be given more time, and those who have been obsessively tweeting Ali out for the last eighteen months. The right attitude has to sit somewhere in the middle. Ollie's done a good job since he came in at the United. He's a club legend who's restored our order after a catastrophic final few months of Mourinho's reign. Uh, he's constantly improved the squad and performance levels season on season and should be proud of what he's achieved. Unfortunately, he's just not good enough to take United to that next level, and that's all he's guilty of. The nastiness and venom you see spewed on here at Ollie is ridiculous and uncalled for. There's a constructive and healthy way for people to look at things. Abuse isn't it. We're not at a point where an elite manager can come in and manage this team and have a great chance of pursuing on winning trophies. It's a shame that it couldn't be Ollie who oversees that process, and he has to end this way. But two bad results against our two biggest rivals isn't good enough either. He'll probably lose his job this weekend, and it's right that a new manager comes in now to work towards winning the Premier League and European success again. But Ollie should be remembered fondly, and his role in our recovery from the Mourinho days was essential. I fully agree with that statement. Um, I think when you look back at the history uh, for the past seven seasons, Mourinho came in after a devastating downfall that we took with Louis Van Gaal. Louis Van Gaal was creating the wrong culture in this club, uh, which later on spiraled into even, even a more devastating culture in the club which was Mourinho's character and uh, when people when pundits across the world like Pierce Morgan and 
and all these other people who think that they have the right mindset to come in and criticize a club like United for its decision-making process should probably take a back seat and realize that all they're doing is just creating hysteria into a fan base that has been turned upside down for quite a long time here. Uh, it's, it's far more than the cards have on the table. We're looking at a transitional period from Mourinho to Ali Solskjaer, and that's just not fair. You should be looking at a transitional period from when Fergie was pushed out of the club, because that's what that's exactly what happened. He was pushed out. Louis Van Gaal comes in, takes ownership of this of this club basically as a manager, appoints some players that were highly questionable, like Dali Blint. Uh, he just didn't work out all that well for the club. Um, sets up the wrong kind of culture. Yeah, we we want some trophies under his management. That's great and all, but compared to the losses that were around that time with Louis Van Gaal. Man, United should have won trophies. They should have won more trophies than they did under his under his uh, management. Same with Mourinho. Mourinho had a great, great club in terms of talent. However, his way of setting the culture and his competitive mind was just not a fit altogether with the club. Finally, at the end of his reign, United hits emotionally physically, mentally, <coughs> in every way, shape, or form, rock bottom. And uh, you're at a moment where you need some inspiration, some reminders of what the culture really is at United. And you need to be mindful of how to make the transition. And there was nobody better to take that role than Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. Somebody who is a club legend, who is highly thought of, highly respected, and who's truly devoted into the culture of Manchester United. Because very easily, you know, the Glaciers and our, our boy Fergie could have been like, go ahead and appoint Gary Neville or Roy Keane. People who just passionately loved Manchester United. That would have been even worse because it would have been an emotionally driven club rather than a mentally fit club, which is exactly what needed to be done. Ollie comes in, sets out the right vibes, sets out the right culture, reminds United of their ID and their competitiveness. He's just unfortunately not surrounded by managers that can also help him close the deal. Michael Carrick, Darren Fletcher, Mike Fellant, like great, great, great people, very smart people. Unfortunately, just not the people to push the envelope to finally be closed with the deal. So that's on management. Aside of that, what we saw, what we've seen in this season more than ever, after losing to some of our biggest rivals like Liverpool and Manchester City, um, there's there's a big discrepancy between the attitude and mindset of the players versus what's happening in management. Um, the attitude and mindset from players like David De Gea, Harry Maguire, Fred, Paul Pogba, Victor Lindelof, um, 
even Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho is just not the right mind. Uh, these are all people who have failed to realize that this emblem right here, this Manchester United emblem, represents just more than a paycheck and represents more than just a future and a career for your own well-being. It represents that there's a culture behind there, that there's a winning culture, and that you're part of it. And they should never be given up on the team. And we we saw that today. We saw David De Gea making saves that, yeah, some other goalies wouldn't be making them. Like, yeah, there were some excellent saves. But at the moment that he should have given people more confidence and been that solid wall that he needed to be, he was nowhere to be found. These were two silly goals that happened. One was an own goal, which, okay, it happens. We see it happen from time to time to some of the greatest superstars in the world. Okay, I can live with that. But that second goal, you're allowing it to pass you by on the post that you should be protecting, especially on an attacking streak from, from Manchester City. That, that just doesn't make any sense, whether this is Allison on net, whether this is O'Black on net, whether this, is, whether this is Manuel Moyer on it, these are things that you just, that, that shouldn't be happening. Especially at a caliber where you're, where you're thinking of yourself as you're the top, ten, you're in the top 10 in the world for goalkeepers, which in my opinion, he's not a top 10 goalkeeper right now. He's probably a top 20, but not a top 10. Uh, secondary to that, there is, there is also the mindset. Uh, because we've seen confidence drops in people like Jaden Sancho, Donny Vandebeek, Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rashford, and two big ones, Cristiano Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes. There's obviously something going down in that midfield where Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano Ronaldo are just not connected. They're forgetting the fact that they – like, yeah, this isn't the national team. This isn't the national Portuguese team. This is an international club where you kind of have to set the right culture. And both of them are phenomenal players and highly competitive. And when those two mindsets clash and don't agree, these are the results that you will see. These, this type of failures, this type of unsuccessful um, runs, will come into place and the frustration eventually builds up, which is exactly what we saw today from Ronaldo. That foul that he made on Kevin De Bruyne wasn't called for. It was a late tackle. Should have gotten a red card immediately. I Personally, if I was the referee in that game, I would have given him a red card. The VAR should have challenged that call because it shouldn't have been a yellow card. That was It was already an out-of-play ball. And coming in on a late tackle on Kevin De Bruyne makes no sense. It's just, especially from a super talent easily the best player in the world. That just, that's just not a good example of how the beautiful game should be played. Um, I agree with you. The crowd ovation that Donny Van Der Beek got today, it's a clear signal that the people trust what they see in this great player. And the fact that you're not fitting him into your starting lineup makes no sense. This is a player that was considered to be signed by some even better clubs than United at this point. Barcelona was in the run. Real Madrid was in the run. Bayern Munich was in the run. And Manchester United was in the run for Donny van der Beek. 
somehow, some way, here comes a rookie manager like Ali Gunnar and convinces this player not only to go play for them, but to sign a long-term contract with these guys. And he's just been badly treated at this club. Very badly treated. It's disappointing to see such a great talent be this poorly treated. Where he could have been managed by some of the greater coaches in football right now. Hansi Flick, Carlo Ancelotti, Luis Enrique, some of these guys that could have given him a larger push in his career. And right now he's just rotting in terms of talent on, on the bench for United. It's just not right. <laughs> Jaden Sancho looked extremely unconfident today. I've never seen Jaden Sancho struggle in a 1v1 situation. Uh, when he was at Dorman, the guy was dominating those, those situations. That's why his technique and his creative mindset was one of the most deadly, threatful kind of things that you would see out of a player. And that's why somebody like Erling Haaland benefited big time out of him because he was able to control those situations. Now you see him in 1v1 situations and either he's getting outpaced or he's losing the ball easily, which is highly uncharacteristic of a player of this great talent and such youth like Jaden Sancho. Um, And now here comes a bigger concern too, injuries on injuries. Rafael Varane now out for the month with a calf injury. Luke Shaw is probably going to be out for two weeks after the injury that he just picked up today because it looks like, at first it looks like it was a concussion, but it looks like there's something more going on there because he did not, he looked completely lost after that. He was running with the ball, but he wasn't sure where to run. Um, Bruno Fernandez was getting annihilated today with tackles. I'm sure he's picked up an injury, an additional injury there. Um, the alleged reason as to why Marcus Rashford is not starting every single game is because apparently his nagging injury continues, which is just not good to hear, especially out of such a great talent like him. So I, at this point, I, I don't wish for anybody to lose their jobs, but it's time to, do, it's time to finish the transition at United. The right mindset is there. The right culture is back. And the right talent is there. Unfortunately, it's time to take it to the next notch and to the next level. And Ali Gunnar Southshire and his management team is just not that. And you need to bring that confidence back on the players. And Ali has just not been able to do that. An example, Jaden Sancho and Donnie Vandebeek. Um, it's, it, it's time. It's time to unfortunate transition. Uh, I agree with, with the podcast that I have for mention. It sucks that it's not Ollie to oversee this process, considering the great amount of work that he's put into this. Unfortunately, just it, it's it's time. It, it's time. And it it's painful because quite frankly, right now United could be sitting on the bottom 10 of this Premier League table, considering the amount of teams that are surrounded with talent right now and that we have been lucky to pull a win against. Um, This derby just opened the eyes to a bigger realization that maybe wasn't made. 
And I'm hoping that this international break gives the opportunity to the glaciers and management to really think of a long-term solution because these short-term patches are just not working out anymore. They, they just don't make any sense. Um, I wish Solskjaer the best in his career. I think he's going to be able to land on his feet rather quickly. Um, it's just unfortunate that it's not with United because this guy truly breeds everything United stands for. He's just not the guy to close the deal, unfortunately. Um, it, it, it's, it's saddening, especially after such, like I said, after such amazing work that he's put into this club and to turn it around. Um, there's losing the Derby today, which is not fun. Two nothing score completely outclassed by city. This but felt, this they felt had more- four touches, four touches inside city's box today. Four, the fewest in the premier league since 08 on that. Not only that, but in the 72nd minute, from the 72nd to the 85th, United took more shots on their own net than against City. Uh-huh. That something is wrong there. And either the players are doing this in an effort, doing this purposely to get Ollie out, which is unfortunate. It's not the right thing to do, especially at a time where you're when your club is just not there um, or truly that the form is just not there, which could truly be the case. Um, you know, we, another thing that really just disappointed me was how do you take out your best center back throughout the whole entire game that was shutting down the attack for Manchester city and Eric Bailly and bring in Jaden Sancho to play completely out of position. Sancho looked lost in that game because he was out of his position. It's like putting a goalkeeper to play forward. You just don't do that. They're not built for that. Um, It's just, it's very maddening. It's saddening at the same time. Um, I've been a United fan for about 25 years. And uh, I, I, I personally just haven't been this disappointed in a while. Um, I haven't seen United hit this level of uncomfortability and rock bottom. Um, when Mourinho left, there was a sense of a sense of anger and a sense of proving him wrong and making sure that he left for good and never saw the doors of Old Trafford back again in his life. In this instance, it's more of a it's more of a tough breakup because you saw a lot of potential in this relationship, but it just unfortunately never worked out. Um, so it is what it is. Losing this derby after not losing four, four of them, it's just it, it's just a tip of the iceberg. Losing to Liverpool five nothing, losing to Manchester City two nothing. It honestly, this game honestly felt like we were trying to avoid another 5-0 situation like what happened three weeks ago. That's literally what it felt like. And that performance against Atalanta in the Champions League was another one that I was just like, what is this? Because realistically, that last-minute goal by Ronaldo was a last-ditch effort to make it happen. That was all it was. There was nothing else. 
It wasn't. It wasn't his brilliant, uh, his brilliancy shining through. It wasn't uh, his power. It wasn't his creativity. It wasn't anything like that. It was just literally a last-ditch effort to tie the game and not lose another one. So um, that's all I got for the Derby. I don't know if you want to add anything else. I'm just – at this point, I, I'm beyond, beyond broken with this United team because – um, it, it's been devastating, real devastating this season. No, I'm good. You kind of hit everything on the head there. All right. Um, let's move on to another quick topic. And I don't know if um, Jones, I don't know if you just want to briefly update the fan base on our current Champions League records because we, we did pretty good this week. We we had a good bounce back. So. Let's mm-hmm. give it. Let's get into a a, a couple minute, you know, um, rundown on the Champions League real quick, and then we'll dive into our last topic of the day. All right. So, um, last week in the Champions League, or this past week, I should say, yep. Diego went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and five. I went to ten and six. Wow. So I think we're I think we're back a little bit. The overall records I don't have in front of me at the moment, but I'm pretty sure you and I are like a win or two off. Um, I think me, I think I'm up like a win on you or something like that. Possibly. But yeah, but I think Fasiano has the better percentage out of all of us. So it works out in his favor. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So 11 and five for Diego, 10 and six for Jones on the week before international break for the Champions League. So Great strides, great strides taking off. Uh, last topic of the of the night here for us is Ballon Dior. Obviously, we have uh, we've talked we've touched upon it before a little bit. We had some candidates in mind that should win the Ballon Dior. However, uh, recently in an interview with a big sports website, uh, Lionel Messi gave his thoughts on who should really be winning the Ballon Dior. Um, he nominated people like killing Mbappe out of his team and, and Neymar Jr. out of his team as well. But he said that realistically, the, the real winner should be Robert Lewandowski, considering his absolute performance that he's been putting out the past three years and has been consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I definitely agree. I, there's no I, question. Yeah, I mean, I think realistically – it can go to any of the, the following of Lewandowski, Jorginho, and Nagolo Conte. But I think with the way that it's set up, um, and because he finally won his first major trophy with his country, I think I think Messi's winning it again, unfortunately. I think in a way you're right. Uh, you know, Messi, Messi would be the, the fit to win it because of, you know, getting that international trophy with his national team however I have a weird sense that while Lewandowski could win it it could also be Erling Holland. Erling Holland's got the stats but Lewandowski has um, the league win for him I think yep. a guy like Jorginho who won the Euros the Super Cup and the Champions League last year has a better resume um, than um, Erlen Allen. And I mean, personally. to be frankly honest, too, in the running, not just because of who he is, 
but overall too. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo could easily be in the top three for nominations. And this is a guy who has transitioned from one league to another league to another league and mm-hmm. has kept the same level of performance. In fact, even better. Um, that's something you don't see. That's something you don't see from no. a transition of a Spanish, you know, kick and run game to a Italian passing game versus a very fast driven Premier League type of game that you see. It's mm-hmm. to be able to put out great performances and great stats onto his already stacked stat line. Um, that's that's commendable as well. So, um, honestly, if, if if it's Cristiano Ronaldo, if it's Erling Haaland, or if it's Jorginho who win it, I'd be very thrilled. I just don't think Lionel Messi is the winner this year. Um, I don't think he should be either, but I think they're going to give him brownie points based on the fact that he finally brought a trophy to Argentina. I think that's yeah. the only reason, personally. No, I would I would agree with that. Um. The ceremony is taking place in Paris on the 29th of November. So we'll find out who the Ballon d'Or winner will be then. Um, There's rumors already that the winner has been selected already. And that winner potentially being Lionel Messi. That's the the rumor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who knows? And and from the rumors, it looks like the top five finished out as Messi one, Lewandowski two, Salah three, Benzema four. And Jorginho five. Yep, yep, that's what I'm hearing as well. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, that's another thing that that to me it's just rigged on uh, this whole entire FIFA thing. Like, yeah, I appreciate that he won an international trophy, but it wasn't a major one either. It's just it a trophy. It's it just was a, a Copa, trophy. To be brought back. It was a Copa America that was already fixed, anyways. They just he's never brought a trophy back to Argentina. It's the only reason. But so, whatever. Well, we'll find out on, on November 29th, the official winner of the Belong Dior 2021 campaign. Uh, but with that said, episode 59 here concluded at this time. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in for to episode 59, episode 60 coming up next week. Can't believe we're hitting our 60th episode mark. That's incredible. Uh, shout out to Couch Guy Sports. Shout out to Shocked Energy for sponsoring us. And for every single one of you listening to us and just recently tuning in to listen to us, make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Podcast Card. That is our Twitter handle at Podcast Card. We'll be giving you all the news, all the updates that we have on soccer related uh, matters. But until then, looking forward to seeing you all. And uh, thank you. All very much for your support. Appreciate you. Please.